Salutations and welcome to the eighth episode. Eighth episode of the In the House podcast. I am Evan Floyd and I am your host. I am extremely excited to be here. Partially because the eighth episode is the episode where Sam and Diane will finally stop (laughs) tiptoeing around their feelings and declare their love for one another. But also because we get to uh, recap the game between Lou City and the Richmond Kickers, another victory for our boys in purple. I'm impressed we've made it to eight episodes. I'm impressed. I I cannot believe it. I'm impressed that you and I haven't had to fight a large animal yet. So I'm thrilled that uh, we get to recap a victory over the Richmond Kickers. I'm excited that we get to talk about our uh, trip next weekend down to Atlanta to face Atlanta United 2, Atlanta 2 United, if you will. And uh, also, we are excited that we'll have a guest, our first guest from the Coopers. Oh boy. Will be joining us. Fine writer for the Coopers. Read his stuff on louisvillecoopers.com along with all of the other stuff. Would you say this this constitutes crossing the streams? It does. This is. is. like crossing the streams? Is that what this is? And Ghostbusters has taught us not to do that. We're flying in the face of convention. But they also taught us that sometimes you have to cross the streams, right? They have. We're flying in the face of convention and we're welcoming Andrew Oost tonight. But first, I'd like to welcome my co-host... He's coming to us live from an ostrich race outside of Billings, Montana. Andy Frederick, Hello. ladies and gentlemen. You know what's surprisingly fun? Ostrich racing. Okay, are you more of a, a rider or a spectator? I've, Gambler? Tried, I've tried to ride twice. Okay. It's very difficult, but fun. Okay. But fun. Um, I try to gamble on them. I'm... I've now had to take out a second mortgage on my house because of said I'm apparently terrible at gambling on ostriches. Not like horse racing. No, because you're great at at betting on horses. No, I'm terrible at that too. I'm just worse at this. Oh, you're worse at betting on ostriches. And the second mortgage, fortunately, our guest today's brother-in-law... We know a guy. ...gave you your mortgage. Shout out to Tim Appenbrink. He's going to give me a dirty look, but... Well, I think, you know, I mean, frankly, I think he'll be happy to let you take as much money as you want. <laughs> That's <fair>. uh, <laughs> he's got children to raise, my exactly. man. All right, Andy, I'm really excited that you're here. Why don't you help me welcome in uh, our writer from the Coopers. You've read his stuff on there. If you've been following along, he's uh, he wrote two really great pieces in the last year about our rivalry with uh, Cincinnati. And uh, we're really excited to have him here tonight. Uh, this is Andrew Oost. Andrew, right. thanks for being Pleasure. Thank you for having me. It's a good name. It is. Andrew's a good name. Andrew? It's huh. a good name. Eh, I can take it or leave it. It's <laughs> <laughs> all right. If that's what you're into, you know, it's fine. Andrew, uh, you uh, do a lot of writing for the Coopers, and uh, we're thrilled to have somebody who has some journalistic integrity to add to the broadcast today. Yeah. But the question that's on everybody's mind is, do you know how to flip a coin? I've done that before, yeah. He's done this He's before. Done We've before. got a yeah. seasoned veteran. Now, the way we start every In the House podcast, Andrew, please flip a coin. That's heads. 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 Market heads. Market heads. Yeah, we're keeping track What's now. What's the tally? You got it? <laughs> we're keeping track yeah. now. But uh, so heads, ladies and gentlemen, so means that will be. Okay. What is the score? We're at five heads, three tails. Well, it's clearly heads is dominating. All right. So because it was heads, though, we're going to begin with a game preview. And a game preview is going to be talking about our matchup on Saturday night against Atlanta United 2. Atlanta United 2. 
Now this is uh, because of the two. We know that uh, they are an affiliate team. They're an affiliate with Atlanta United. One, mm-hmm. I guess. I, I doubt they Atlanta them. United. Yeah, they probably skipped yeah. the one. Atlanta United episode one. Yeah. <laughs> the Phantom Menace. <laughs> the Atlanta Menace. <laughs> they are. Uh, uh, Although in MLS they should actually be like Atlanta United Four because aren't they like the fourth United team? They in are MLS? a lot of Uniteds over there. A lot of Uniteds. So. That everybody is United. Uh, I'm, I'm annoyed that they haven't bothered coming. <laughs> I'm annoyed that we haven't bothered coming up with a new thing to call teams. Well, we have FCs. Yeah, we have Uniteds, yeah. and, and that's basically it. it. And that's, that's you're all either a football club yeah. or you are United. And is that saying that our football club is not United? I feel like Louis City is United behind our team. We're City. Uh, we yeah. are. I'd like to see Street Gang. I think that's the next step. Okay, Louisville City Street Gang. No, just Louisville Street Gang or any or like whatever city. Well, no, they, just, they just they just passed a gang bill uh, resolution in Frankfurt, so we probably don't want to go. Well, there. Yeah, we're, you're going to get us in trouble there. with uh, Senior Bevin. No, a gang of helpful civilians. Like no, <laughs> not like a violent gang. Not like, not not like a street gang. You're talking more like. Uh, uh, no, I don't have any that's kind like of saying not you can't call it a murder of crows. Like that's just what it's called is a murder of crows. But like it's just a gang, as in a group of people supporting it's a gang, one gang of buddies. We just a gang, gang of, of good friends. We've like uh, what Mickey Mouse says. Come on, gang! Exactly. All right, fantastic. This is we've already gone off the rails, no. and I'm excited about this it. Show is screwed. But no, we're playing Atlanta this weekend. Uh, Atlanta is one win, two draws to start the season. And uh, that is, it's an unusual undefeated team in that, A, they've only played three games, which is strange seeing as how we were supposed to be on our fifth game this weekend. Mm-hmm. And, and B, it's unusual because the team they beat was New York Red Bulls too, and they beat them. Handily, they beat them three one. one. I believe, yeah, yeah. that's a that's a butt whooping. Yeah, and, and then New York Red Bulls did just whomped the hell out of Tampa Bay Rowdies five to nothing. I watched that game. It was a beatdown. Gross. What kind of team are we looking at then with this Atlanta with this Atlanta team? Well, just to talk on that for a second, everybody was saying uh, Tampa was the was the uh, biggest competitor for mm-hmm. Global yeah. City mm-hmm. this year, and I think it's going to be Red Bulls too again from what I've seen so really? far. I mean. That was a beatdown they put on them. They've got a great academy every season. They're stringing up new players, and uh, I think they're I think they're the team to, that we need to watch out for. I mean, Tampa's going to be get it together eventually, yeah. but like that was a statement. Well, it, right it seems like it's probably going to be basically the usual suspects of teams that are good in the East, minus Rochester because they don't sure. have a team. Sure. So other than that, it looks like basically the usual suspects, and then you don't know what you've got with these uh, new joiners. Sure. Uh, Atlanta, I've watched them play their game against Penn FC, and I watched their game against Charlotte, and in those two games, they look young. They look fast, and they look hungry. Like, these guys, there wasn't a lot of size on that team. It wasn't It wasn't big bruisers going in there after the ball. They play, and I admire this, a lot like their top flight team does. Sure. Atlanta United has been special in their uh, first incarnation. They're an exciting team. They are. They really are. And I love the way they've built it. Instead of yeah. saying, hey, let's go find the best just past their prime players from Europe, they've said, we're going to find young, hungry kids from South America, and we're going to develop the hell out of some teenagers here in the United States, and we're going to put them on the field and see what they do. 
And, hell, those guys are just starting with Atlanta United, too, until they get up to the big squad. Watching them, I was really impressed with their overall team speed. I was not impressed with their tactics. I was not impressed with their uh, plan of attack. But the speed was noticeable, and so was the desire. They were winning a lot of 50-50 balls. They were beating guys to little, you know, just a little shit, like knocking a ball out of bounds off of a player when you could have let it go out of bounds off of you. Right. The, the tiny things that make the difference over the course of a game, I was impressed by what they were doing. And I don't know yet if two win, or one win and two draws is a, uh, a reflection of them being good right? or if it's a reflection of them catching some people flat-footed. What order was it in? Win, draw, draw. Okay. So it's possible that New York came out of the gate not ready to play them. Yeah. Not thinking much of an expansion side, mm-hmm. maybe. Uh I don't expect Penn to be good, and Charlotte doesn't look great, and they both played him to a draw. But a win against New York Red Bulls is nothing to sneeze at ever. And they've gotten their goals from a lot of different places. They've got a kid, Gallagher, who has scored three of their six goals, but it hasn't been like you know he's a target up top that they've just been feeding the ball to. They move the ball around a lot. Uh, They don't seem to have a single point of emphasis for the attack. They did something which Kyle Smith did a lot of last week, yeah. which is they they like to play the long cross. Yeah, you skip yeah. you skip a you skip a layer of the uh, midfield and play straight from the wing back all the way up to the uh, the whoever's playing the left always, side of your attack. That always just seems like such a risky move. Like I don't care how experienced you are. That always like watching it during a game is always you're uh, there's always that like. Hope that gets where you're putting it. <laughs> sure. But the thing is, it's low risk because the worst case scenario is you're giving the ball back. Like, that's the worst case scenario. And you're giving it back to them on their I'm half of the field. Yeah. And so you know you're not going if to, if you're trying to play up through the middle of the field and you give the ball away at midfield, the break is on and then you've got to get back. But if you're playing those long crosses, it's, it's low risk in terms of what could happen. It, it seems like it's low success rate. It's low reward yeah, unless you have the right kind of personnel up front to receive those balls. Right. And though what they've been doing, like I say, is more playing it to those corners and using their speed to get to the ball first than having a real hold-up player up top. They aren't. They don't have somebody like Luke Spencer where you play the ball forward and you know expect him to corral it and then make the right decision with the ball. They're playing it to a corner and then expecting a good cross. And that's how they've gotten two of Gallagher's three goals, crossing the ball into the mid into the midfield, almost like two touching the ball. So you make the long yeah. cross, and then you play it across to the middle. And that is way more tactics than we like to talk on this show. I'm exhausted. That was a lot. That, that was, was probably the most. That was the heaviest uh, that we've ever tactically. Like, I'm impressed that you watched two Atlanta United two games well, so it, far. It really like, speaks to my lack of life. <laughs> I would have to go there, but yeah. No, I would. You can go ahead and go there. It's fine. <laughs> no, I, I, I really like soccer, man. Sure. I mean, I, I, really too. Like I would yeah. never have guessed. <laughs> but, uh, and, and also, I, I did watch their senior team play New York City FC uh, Sunday. I did not catch that game. And uh, it was, you know, I'm... I go back and forth on MLS with my with my love for it, but that they're the best thing going in MLS right now from That's, a from a crowd and a, how to build a team. Like sixty thousand people yeah. coming to their games right now. Yeah, it's it's crazy down there. They're the, packing they, a football stadium. Yes, and uh, so I mean I want to give credit to their senior team and how they developed that. 
I don't, I don't know squad about about their two team. We're gonna find out um, on Saturday. But I mean, anything less than a than a draw would be a surprise. I mean, uh, that's I, I worst case scenario. That's the way I'm looking. At it. I think Louisville City at this point has to be the favorite in almost every single game. We play. I can't imagine that until we'll, proven otherwise. I and mean, until we play an MLS team in the U.S. Open Cup, I can't right, imagine there'll right. be a game where we wouldn't be favored. I don't know how easy it is to get somebody in Vegas to make a line for the game, but uh, if, there there. Were, if there were official, easy-to-find lines, I imagine we would be favorites in every game we're playing right now. Mm-hmm. And that's because we've been, hell, we haven't lost in September. And the thing is, this is a good team, and Atlanta will be a fun test for us, I think, yeah, because this is almost the... There are three te- kinds of teams... In the USL, as far as I'm concerned, there are the classic two teams where they don't give a damn how what kind of product they're putting on the field. They are purely trying to develop players for their for their top flight team. Toronto's, exactly. Seattle's, Portland's, exactly. Guys who they don't care if they win or lose. They want to make sure that they've got a development system and somewhere to graduate their you know best players and somewhere to retire their used to be best players. Sure, that's one kind of team. Your second kind of team is your FCCs. Let's buy the best team we can buy each year and hope that it gels at some point. We're going to try to find what you can find, and if you if these really good players, really expensive players anyway, can find a way to play together before the end of the year, then maybe we make a sweet run in the U.S. Open. Maybe we make a nice run in the playoffs. I don't know why I even no. say that. They, yeah. They're they're not going to do that. But well, you know, <laughs> you understand what they're going to make the playoffs. You know. <laughs> You understand what they're trying to do, anyway, and it and it's a it's a system that's worked in the uh, in the USL before. Uh, Rochester did it for a long for a long time. Yeah. Uh, the other kind of team that you've got is a team like us, which is a team that just truly wants to be successful and that doesn't need to worry about developing players. They can worry about developing a team. Sure. And the curiosity with an expansion team is. Where's Atlanta going to fit in? Are they purely? Are they going to not worry about results and just worry about developing their players? Because that's what their top flight team is all about: is how do we make young kids into stars instead of going out and buying stars? So that leads me to believe they'll be more in the Portland, Seattle mold, but they might choose not to be. If they end up deciding, hey, we want to make sure that we're drawing fans for all of this and developing a soccer culture in the city mm-hmm. and a winning reputation, then maybe this is going to be a team that you know they take seriously and they say we're not going to shuttle people back and forth with the top of flight team. Right. We're going to develop them for a year and then next year we'll see where they're at. Yeah, I think they're I think they're going to be more in the New York Red Bulls two mode. Yeah, um, probably just with with a lot more fans. A lot more fans. A lot more. Yeah, but they've it's been it's been hard to do. They've been fun to watch so far. They've played three different keepers in three games. I don't even know what to make of that. You've played three different keepers in three different games. Just trying guys out. I don't know if they're trying guys out. If they had a guy who came down from the second team and needed a start, I don't know if they had a guy that you know. Maybe maybe they'll start Mitch Hildebrand. Maybe they will, and we can get some solid Mitching going. That on. would be spectacular. <laughs> yeah, if they loaned him down. Scenario. Mitch says yes would be the most fun I've had all year. If they called Mitch down, 
from the senior team to face Global City? Would he decline the decline it? I would, I think he would probably try to talk him out of it. Yeah, I think he would too. To cut maybe maybe to play in Atlanta, but if they tried to send him to an away game to us, <laughs> I bet I bet he would ask them, please, please don't do that, please. I'm sure Brad Guzan <laughs> would prefer it. So uh, I'll be curious to see. Uh, I'll be curious to see how they play. Yeah. Uh, I'm expecting. Uh, I I'm gonna go with a. Uh, I'm gonna say just a one to nothing victory. I haven't felt like the offense has started clicking completely yet, but I don't think we're far away. No. But I don't think a road game against a bunch of fast, hungry kids What's is the place the to find it. To be like? It's Atlanta. It'll be all right. I mean, if it's bad, it'll be 55 and can, rainy. Can like that's a bad weather. What's What's their What's their baseball field look like? Uh, is it's, it, is the slugger field bad or is it a little bit better? It's much nicer. Okay. Okay. They they the because they play on a baseball field also. I'm saying two one. Two one. Yeah. All right. Two one. I think they'll 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 score on a against us on like a, a lucky fast break that somebody okay. wasn't ready for. You think they're gonna catch um, us on the counter? Yeah. And then uh, no, I think it's two one. Two one. All right. You got predictions on who's gonna score the goals for us? Omb. You think he he finds his way onto the score sheet this I week? I think so. All right. He still won't be starting. That's almost a given with the injury. They say he's not completely, completely game fit for a full 90 or even for really 70 minutes right. yet. But, uh, you know, I expect him to keep coming on for bursts like this because they just got to get his legs under him. There's only one way to do it. Honestly, Paco. Paco you think Paco? Our Paco on the corner and he's just going to jump up there. He in the was middle of it. He, he was, was dangerous. Uh, he close. was an inch away. If he'd gotten on top of that ball at all, he had a goal last week. But uh, all right, Andrew, you got a uh, prediction? Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna say two one also. Okay. And I'm gonna say I'm not gonna predict uh, specific scores, but I'm gonna say it's gonna be two guys that haven't scored yet this year. Because that's what we do. Because that's how we roll. <laughs> um, so. Any, so Paco and Ownby. Sure, that could <laughs> yeah. work. That could absolutely <laughs> work. Yeah, but I mean Ownby looked. Incredibly dangerous. He did in the last game. Not, no, we're not supposed no, to get into that yet. But, but just well, we're about to. God, so. that guy's yeah, back because he made a huge difference. He did look. But watching him though, like knowing the injury he's coming off of, like when he came on, I was like, "Sweet, Ombi, get a little Ombi in our lives." Yeah. But watching, you're just like, "Don't, don't get close to him. Don't <laughs> back away. No, 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 no. <laughs> Stay off the turf, monster." Exactly. <laughs> but now that we've got our predictions out of the way, and that's really about the best we can do in terms of a uh, game preview for such an unknown quantity. They've played three games. They're an expansion team. They are a two team. There's not a lot to go off of. And so we'll just say uh, we all feel like it's a Lou City victory and we all feel like it's a one goal Lou City victory. So uh, go City. But now we will move on to our game review of the game that was played this past Saturday at Slugger against Richmond Kickers which was a 2-1 to one victory for our boys in purple. You were close. You predicted 3-1. I did. I did. Uh, I said that I felt like, and what I really think is the most important part, is that we did end up finally conceding a goal after over four games without rece- without conceding a goal. Uh, I think we were coming up on five. If we yeah. made it to halftime, we'd have been at five full games without conceding a goal against uh, our opposition. So that's a bummer. And I said that I either thought we would uh, handle our business and win 3-1 if we, uh, if we gave up a goal, or that we would win 2-0 and play a little more yeah. conservatively. I'll take splitting the difference, and it's 2-1. Yeah. Always good to get three points. Always good to get a win. I think everybody felt a little underwhelmed. A little underwhelmed? Sure, I wouldn't even say underwhelmed, sure. which is just frustrated. Sure. 
the we've we've got a bizarre tendency right now to be a second half team at home. Uh, all three games we have yet to score in the first half for our home games. Uh, I don't know if we're feeling teams out and just trying to get a get an idea what we want to do. I don't know if they don't like attacking our direction and want to use the turf monster to their advantage. I don't know specifically why we haven't gotten off to good quick starts, but I feel like we've got to Which soon. Is super frustrating for Scouse's house because sure. more often than not, um, you know, they're they're at our end the first half. Yeah. So when they win the you know, when you watch a goal up that close, it's like it's awesome. But yeah, we've sure. been a second half team. It's like but yeah. What about down here? Well, and in the playoff run, all of the second halves were coming down towards Scouse's house, we and we got to see all those by, goals. Maybe we just got spoiled because well, of it. And, and, that's you got, a, and you got to see that amazing peak issue now. Oh, my God. God. <laughs> we still, I have an ulcer from that. <laughs> <laughs> we still, we, we, I, I still think about that sometimes right before I fall asleep. But uh, <laughs> we, uh, no, the, the key to it all has been the fact that we just haven't been getting off to those quick starts. And I'd like us to, just because it takes so much pressure off the team. I mean, yeah. la- this past week, we got our win. It's great. Uh, it was a perfectly well-taken penalty by by Kyle. And uh, then George with a real strike oh, to yeah. put one home. Uh, Quattro really singed the nets with his, which was nice to see. But it really felt like we didn't get loose until the second half. Even in the first half after they gave up the goal. Like, normally I would say that, you know, you give up the goal and then you get the adrenaline pumping and, okay, we got to get back into this. We didn't feel that threatening even after that until no. we got into the second half. It just wasn't sharp the first half. I didn't, you all had a better view of what we were doing sure. offensively that, that uh, first half, but um, it just didn't look sharp. Uh, I don't think Magnus had a very good game. No, I'm not really right. sure no. what was going on with him. And he did get subbed out, so obviously O'Connor felt the same way, but. Um, which that's that's an anomaly on, on Norman. No, he's he's pretty solid on the attack. But um, the second half, I mean, once once we got that penalty, the the energy just ramped up. Yeah. And, yeah. and then when the subs came on, I mean, once again, O'Connor worked his magic. All three of the guys he subbed on, Illich, uh, Davis, and Ownby, all had were big massive, yeah, difference big makers. Um, which you know, well, that's we've so come much... to expect that at this point, but. Um, yeah, I mean, it was a generally underwhelming game with an awesome finish. Yeah. Well, that's so much the key right now is just trying to find the right combination. Uh, I, I love, and I, I've gushed time and time again on this podcast about how I love our attacking midfielders. I think that they are a great group and that they are all dangerous in their own way. They all serve real important functions for this team. But it hasn't felt like we found that exact combination yet. Like, by the end of last year, we knew that what you wanted to see was Ownby on the right, K on the left, and you wanted to have Ballard come in for pace at the end of the games, and then George if K needed a spell. Like, that was just what we did every right. single time. But and, it took half the season to figure and that it took out. Forever. And it might, might be the same this year. And right? so I want to know who that combination is going to be, and I agree. I didn't think Magnus played great. I felt it was it was surprising to me because all the preseason games, it seemed like he was a step ahead of everybody else mm-hmm. in terms of his conditioning, in terms yeah. of his planning, and in terms of his readiness to get out there and score. And since the regular season has started, it's been the opposite direction where I felt like he is a half second behind on passes. He's a half second behind on deciding to make runs. And it feels like he is 
a hair away from being, you know, a two-goal-a-game kind of a guy. Yeah. Because his quality is evident. But right now, it just seems like the decision-making is a hair slow. Yeah. And that makes all the difference in a game. I mean, in soccer, you cannot be a hair slow and still expect to be a dominant force out there. And right now, it happened the same way in the Cincinnati game where it looked like he had four or five real nice chances, made one or two nice moves, and then would cough it up in some way or would miss the pass or would uh, fail to make that go run after he gave it away. And I'm, I'm excited about when he gets the timing figured out. But half of that is finding the right partner for him to figure it out with. I don't know if it's that he wants to work with a forward and have it play out through the middle. And if that's the case, then it can't be Cam. I love Cam. He brings a lot to the team, but he is not a back-to-the-goal, pick-and-choose kind of a forward. And I don't know if Magnus has what works best with Oscar or Kyle running down the sides. I think yeah. that I'm afraid that Magnus will always be at his best if he has a center forward drawing a defender away from him, creating some space, and letting him work through the middle. And while Spencer is injured, we're just not going to have that. And so I'm afraid that we might be better off with Niall and mm-hmm. George playing in the middle of the field right now than we are with Magnus. Yeah. Just a thought. Do we, do we think we'll see uh, Spencer on Saturday? I haven't heard anything that indicates that we will. I think that if we were going to see him, we would have seen him on the bench on Saturday. Sure. This is a road game. It's a road game on new turf that we've never played on before. Uh, My suspicion is is that best case scenario, we see him on the bench this week and not as a starter. Uh, I think we go Cameron and Ilya again for at least one more week. That's that's pure guessing. That is no inside information whatsoever. Just guessing. Well, how would you know? O'Connor's pretty tight lift on the... Uh, he is. He is. I have my sources. Yeah. Who, I, uh, who are they? My sources. <laughs> uh, Name five. My, my wife tells me stuff. Oh, okay. She, my, wife's, my wife's very connected to this team. She tells me stuff. <laughs> uh, but the game, you know, again, it's an embarrassment for us of riches to be consistently saying, if you walk away feeling frustrated, as Andy said, or uh, uh, disappointed in any way with a two-one victory in sure. the USL, yeah. I mean, you're you, you're you've lost sight of the forest for the trees at well, that but point. Part of that, though, points. part of that though is that you could tell that at the end of the game, even on a two-one victory, you could tell that the team was mm-hmm. disappointed. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because you know what I mean. Like you yeah. saw it in their yeah. faces. Greg usually Ooh. turns around and claps at Scouse's sure. house, you know what I mean? Sure. And he, he makes his round of stalked back. off. He just like he didn't he sure. didn't acknowledge anything and just walked off. Like well, you could tell yeah, he, was, yeah. he was mad to finally give up a goal. Yeah. But, but in a sense when that goal went in, I was like, Okay, good. The the, the scoreless season thing is now out the window. Right, like, can, yeah. okay, like let's regroup and, and you know like it was I really wasn't that upset when that goal went in, especially because it was early. Right. You knew we had time to come back. The equalizer and, of course, the win. But, um, you know, you're not going to go a whole season without letting in a goal. So, um, I think that was a little wake-up call for him. I I wasn't too upset that that went in when it went in. Sure. If we had looked better the rest of the first half, I wouldn't have felt bad about it. Honestly, coming into the second half, you heard some grumblings. You heard some mutterings, both... uh, in the stadium at large and in Scouse's house in general, just sort of, you know, we don't look quite right. David O'Connell, who's a frequent contributor on this podcast, he mm-hmm. was saying uh, at halftime that he felt like uh, we didn't play with the same sense of urgency that no. he'd seen us playing with. I'm not completely sure I agree with that, but 
I can see where he came from by saying it. That yeah. there were some well, loose balls that I felt like we maybe could have run down. At one point, you, at a few points, you had said like, you know, have a plan. Yeah. And I think that sticks out. The more I think about the game, it sticks out the most. Like they, they, it, they were playing like they didn't have a set. Like, okay, we're to try this. If that doesn't work, we're going to do this. Like they didn't have a plan. They were just pushing the ball down the field. Well, that's the that's the key to me about this team <laughs> is that we. In general, have two real forms of attack against an, against any defense. Yeah, we either play the ball up to Luke, mm-hmm. wait for the cavalry to arrive, let him pick and choose a spot to redistribute it to, and then we attack the box. Great, it's a good plan. It works a lot. It worked really well with Fondy. It worked really well with Hoffman. It's working yep. really well with Spencer, and that's a perfectly good choice. And then when uh, Cameron's playing at the striker position. We have we overlap the wings. We bring the guy. We bring Oscar and Kyle flying down the sidelines, mm-hmm. or Sean Francis, Francis now. now yeah. yeah, bring them flying down the sidelines, and then expect to make a nice cross or a cutback pass to a trailing Magnus, George, etc. Yeah, and those are perfectly good ways of attacking a goal. I felt like through big chunks of the first half and the first part of the second half that we lost track of that, and we were trying to do Luke things with Cameron and trying to do uh, Cameron yeah. things with Ilya, and where it was, I, was I, I, you're right, I did say, we need to ha- have a plan, like decide where you're going with the ball before you get the ball, and it felt a lot of times, especially yeah. with Magnus, like I was talking about, like he didn't know what he was going to do with the ball when he got it, No, and that's a tough way to play soccer. It, he, even if you don't end up doing what you planned on, have a plan and right. adapt. Right. And it didn't look like he had a no. plan. I will say Sean Francis looked a little bit more aggressive. Uh, more aggressive defensively. I was a little frustrated with some of his crossing. Uh, I, I thought that he didn't overlap some of the times I expected him to. And I don't know if we dropped him further back for this game. But you're right. I thought he looked really aggressive on the yeah. ball and not as aggressive as he had off the ball. Yeah. I don't think we've seen anywhere near the best out of that guy yet. No. Um, first time I saw him was when he was... Uh, our mystery uh, mm-hmm. trialist up there Fight Club. at, at Worley. He was Fight Club, and and I was immediately impressed by the guy, big time. And then sure. in, in a couple of the other preseason games, I don't think he's quite gelled into the system yet. Um, but he's a quality player. I think I think like, he's, he's gonna be season. great. I, I, you I, can I think halfway through the season, yeah. he's gonna have that one game, yeah. and it's just gonna blow our minds. Yeah. You're gonna be like, what yeah. what is happening right now? He's 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 a good player. Well, and I think that. Frankly, watching him play when he's got the ball at his feet, I'm not sure we have another player who has that quality with the ball at his feet that he does. No. Which makes it tough when you're a winger and you're most likely going to be making runs and not getting the ball until you're already into the third. I'd love to see him run the ball at somebody and to be playing with somebody like a Kyle or an Oscar behind him to overlap him. Right. But, I mean, at that point, you're infringing on O'Connor's system, and you don't want to do that. I mean, that's where Speedy and Paolo play, and that's what, that's something we're going to get to in banter a little bit. But uh, I, I'm a little... I'm, I'm confused by how we're going to deploy Francis for his most effective. Because I agree, watching him on the ball is awesome. Yeah. Watching his speed is awesome. Sure. But I don't think we've really figured out our best way of deploying him as a weapon yet. No. And uh, you, you hate to say this. We're 4-0. It's 
freaking awesome. Like, the guys are playing great. The defense has been phenomenal. Yeah. Are we, are we complaining too much? I, 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 team here? I don't even think we're complaining. I think this is that forest through the trees yeah, argument. Yeah, yeah. yeah I think we're this great. is that. But, but here's the real reason why I think we have been. I think that every real Lou City fan right now is seeing this is a really good team that's winning a lot of games, and we're going to keep winning a lot of games, and we're going to keep being really good. But I see a phenomenal team sort of hidden in the cracks. We haven't been phenomenal yet. We've been really good. Mm-hmm. I think there's a phenomenal team that once you see a fully healthy Ombi, you see a oh. fully healthy uh, Spencer, you see Francis incorporated into this squad, sure. you see how they figure out how to play Francis, Oscar, and Kyle simultaneously. Because Kyle is clearly O'Connor's guy. Mm-hmm. He finds a way to get him into the lineup regardless. If he hadn't wanted to do that, you don't play him as a as a yeah. fullback in this game. You just don't. You go ahead and put Alexi Swahi in there and see what you've got. Sure. But he's got to get Kyle Smith out there. He decided that. You can tell. Mm-hmm. And he ended up scoring a great goal. I don't have any problem with that. And Kyle Smith's been fantastic for us. But how do you play Oscar, Francis, and Kyle Smith at the same time and still play with your two holding midfielders and two attacking midfielders? We're going to figure that out before this year ends, and I think that when we do, we're going to win some games 6-1. We're going to win some games you know, 4 nothing, where it looked like we could have scored 10. Sure. I think those games are coming, and that's the only reason you're sensing any frustration from me is because we're not there yet. Right. And I think we're going to be. Paco's been incredible yet. (laughs) Like, Paco's just like... Watching that dude play is insane. He he made a couple of really sick tackles like, in this game. Really like, oh my god! I feel like, real good with with Tosh and Paco. <laughs> Tosh and oh Tosh gets yeah. and Tosh gets the raw end of this deal. Partial on our podcast because we love Paco and Andy would leave his wife for Paco given the opportunity. She's in the other to- room. Tosh is a pretty good interview man. I bet if you get him on here, he'll uh, he'll he'll, he'll turn us around. Mind, yeah. yeah, we'll consider that. Would it be cheating on Paco, Andy? Are you all right with that? No, you're okay bringing him on. Yeah, it's fine. It's fine. But, no, I think he gets sometimes a little overlooked. I mean, Paco was a USL defensive first-team player last year. He's already been on the team of the week this year. He made the awesome clearance off the line, which was sexy and fun to talk about. But uh, Tosh, his just consistent steadiness on that back line, he is an immovable object. Oh, yeah, sure. Nobody's going through him. Nobody's going around him. He's just... He's where you want to be at all times, and that is so valuable in a defense where you don't even worry about it. You don't worry about him having to make a spectacular play because you know he's going to make the right play the first time. Sure. Right. Because as much as we love Paco, the reason he cleared the ball off the line is because he whiffed on the tackle in the first place. But it's but nobody's going to remember that. No, no. everybody's going to remember clearing the <laughs> ball off the line yeah. improbably. And, and that's what you need to do when you're a good defender is recover that way. But the defense... I, I, it sucks that Pat McMahon didn't play because I really think that those three are forming into a uh, formidable mm-hmm. back line. McMahon, bud. <laughs> but, uh, and, you know, we interviewed Alexi Swahi on the podcast and really found him to be a uh, charming Super and nice. engaging So man. nice, dude. And I'm looking forward to seeing him play because you know he's going to have to get minutes. We don't have enough dudes for him not to play real minutes this year. Somebody's going to get an accumulation of yellow cards. Yeah. Somebody's going to go down with an ankle tweak. And you're going to have to go with somebody. I think we might see him Saturday. I mean, I doubt they put him out there on the road in his first game. I kind of thought we would have seen him. I thought he'd play against this Richard. past weekend. Honestly, I, like, I, I thought really, we were going to see him. Yeah, Every, I too. Everything I've heard about him says the guy has got quality and 
he's going to be a really good player. I mean, you got to get him out there sometime. I agree. Yeah. I mean, I, I think I think that it would be great to see him on the field. Maybe you sub him in. I can't imagine O'Connor giving a uh, rookie I don't think a start O'Connor on the sub in a defender. But I think he is. If we're up three nil and you're seeing the fact that Paco is going to play every minute of every game this yeah, year, perhaps. Yeah. And uh, but That's uh, happened before. Exactly, and uh, I think that eventually you're going to have somebody get an, uh, a suspension. You're going to have somebody get an injury. You're going to have two of them happen in the same week, and he's going to have to play real minutes. And so he's going to have to start getting minutes now, so that he's not forced well, so I'm into saying, it. With with McMahon mm. with an injury, mm. slot him into that spot, and uh, especially with Tosh and sure. Paco being as aggressive as they are, sure. they're going to get a card. They just are. Yeah, I agree with you. I think that if we if if they feel confident putting him on the back line, I'd love to see him play this Saturday. I'd love to. Uh, especially since, like I was saying in the in the game preview, we're talking about a guy who, uh, we're talking about a team that's got a lot of speed, and that's young, fresh, athletic legs you can run out there that uh, if he's if he's fit to go and O'Connor feels like he understands the system enough to put him out there, I hope we see him this Saturday. Yeah. Here, here. I think that's a, a game review. I think we've talked enough about that, Richmond's game. Schreiber, Schreiber with a nice goal. Kyle with a nice uh, finish. Yeah. Team wins 2-1. I'll take it. W's a W. Yeah. That might have been our best. <laughs> <laughs> Reap, that might have been the best one, dude. Everyone is the best one. I, and see, that's what I like about you is your glass half full, Andy. But what's that say about us? If everyone is the best one yet, it just means we're getting better and better. There you go. And if, Striving for greatness. Yeah, dude. And every, every pod. And if your glass is half full, I hope that your glass is half full of purple stuff. Oh, man. Did you see that always way? full of purple Pur- stuff. Purple that drag. was good, dude. Purple stuff. That was good. Thanks, that man. was the best segue. <laughs> that was the best segue we've had. Uh if, you, if you've got your cans at home, go ahead and pop one open. But uh, we will all uh, say a nice cheers and enjoy ourselves a healthy cheers, swig of purple stuff. Ah, goes down that smooth. was effervescent purple stuff. That was goes down smooth. It was it was bubbly. Yeah, it was it tickled the tongue. I'm excited about it. And our purple stuff for today. The first thing that we want to talk about is uh, the Open Cup draw. It was announced last week. In between when we recorded the podcast and when we aired the podcast, which is the real risk of recording on a Monday and uh, putting it out on a Thursday, that interesting things will happen and people will think that we're just idiots who didn't notice. But no, we record on a Monday. So if anything fascinating has happened on Tuesday or Wednesday, we just don't know it yet. So this isn't airing live right now? This is... No. Oh, well, it's airing live, but only in, in this room. In your ears. In this room. Okay. Yeah. To us three, it's airing live. Okay. And, and to my wife in the next room. And Zeppelin, your dog. And Zeppelin. And Betty, your snake. And Betty. But those are the it. only ones for whom it's airing live. And that's a real... Thank God, because there's going to be a lot of editing. So I mean, much. Uh, Frank, I'm just going to see if I can't remove Andy completely from this pod. It's all right. See if we can it's drag It's like when you record a metal band, you take out the bass. Everybody knows that. you gotta, you got to keep it low, because otherwise the bass is steal all the ladies. All right. So, U.S. Open Cup draw. <laughs> so, it came, out, uh, it came out last week, and uh, it looks like May 16th. We'll be playing our first U.S. Open Cup game, and it will either, because of the bizarreness of the way the U.S. Open draws their games, be a home game against the Long Island Rough Riders, or it will be a... Amazing name. Annette, Annette, yeah. 
I'm pretty sure Teddy Roosevelt himself formed the oh soccer club God. in the 1920s. The uh, they have been around a long time. They probably I think yeah. they were back in the old A League. They rushed that, like, San Juan Hill. Predated, uh, well, yeah, <laughs> the, the, the more modern incarnation of them. They came out of a machine and trucks. So they played. The I, I, I did not know this. I need education. They played in the A League. I believe so. Okay. I mean, this is going back pre MLS. You know, right. Uh, you know, whatever they called the league that it had the Richmond Kickers. Sure. Speaking of, uh, Long Island Rough Riders were in there. I think the Rochester. I think I mean, Rochester just, played just in that these league. real old guard teams that have been sure. around a long time. They they were in that group, and I guess they're in like what PDL now. Uh, yeah, they'd be in the, just above the uh, the uh, pub league level. Whatever they're in, they got a great name. It is the Rough Riders is hard to the beat. Rough Riders, and uh, so it will either be a home game against them at the uh, at the at the Worley Athletic Complex. Uh, season ticket holders will remember that's where we played our first game of the year this year against Lipscomb. And, uh, no, that was against no, Young Harris. You're right. It was Young, Young Harris. Harris. Lipscomb was in northern Kentucky. No, that was in uh, Utah. I, I don't even know what I'm talking about. I don't about. know why. The problem is I've brought in a person who actually knows what he's talking <laughs> about, and that means that I can be called when I'm making things up. Andy just accepts that what I say is probably true. I just don't. I just want to see you happy. Like I don't want to see you embarrassed or. But if, as long as it's not me doing it, I will absolutely derive joy from somebody else <laughs> embarrassing calling me. you, like, uh, letting you know that you're I mean, wrong. I'll stop, man. Well, no, I'm, I, I prefer okay. it because uh, otherwise I have to go back the next podcast and say stuff like corrections. So when I called him Christian Ballard, what I meant was I heard that man. Yeah, I heard no, that. it was a, it was a misery. I, I, I've explained this off air. I haven't explained it to anybody else. I knew a guy named Christian Bullard, mm-hmm. and it it it, uh, it got caught up in the brainwaves while I was talking about the game. I was embarrassed. I felt bad. I went back and I corrected it the next show. This way, I don't have to correct things the next show. Correct them here. It's okay, man. <laughs> As a matter of fact, if you want to slap him around while you're correcting him, you go ahead. All right. So, uh, or we'll play the Kingston Stockade away. So it's Kingston Stockade away or Long Island Rough Riders at Worley. And that will be uh, May 16th. And that falls not, frankly, that far from now. Mm -hmm. We're less than a month away from the start of the U.S. Open. I'd love to see us make a real run this year. Mm -hmm. It's time. I think this is the year where we can announce our presence with real authority. We're the defending champs. Hopefully we go into there still, you know, riding really high. I hate to, I don't want to put any kind of jujus out there. (laughs) We go in rough ride, ride high against the rough riders. If we rough ride the, the rough riders, rough ride into the stockade. Yeah, but you're forced at this point to root for the rough riders. A because their name is fantastic, and B because we get to watch the game. And every time I get to go to an extra soccer game, I consider that a win. Well, and, and you know the team, and everybody's really rooting for the rough riders because uh, Kingston Stockades in Poughkeepsie, New York. Poughkeepsie. Ugh. Which I believe, is, which I'm not really sure why they're called Kingston, but uh, anyways, that's that's an expensive and long trip. Yeah, that's not know, an easy trip for a USOC game. So, no, no, no. Um, and it'll probably be midweek. You know, yeah. yeah, they want to do everything they can to avoid having to make a trip like that midweek and then come back and play a USL game on the weekend. Right. But it's out of their hands, really, due yeah. to the, like you said, bizarreness of the way the USOC is. It's is so whatever. weird. That's what it is. I, I just wanted to make a comment, and I don't know anything about the background or the details of how these things get worked out, but why can we not 
play an open cup game at Wynn Stadium. I'm with you. Yeah. Nothing against Worley Field. It's fine. It's a sure. good high school level artificial turf little little stadium. It's nothing nice against Southern Indiana do, yeah. people. Nothing but love. Y'all are part of it too. But Wynn Stadium is clearly the best uh, soccer stadium probably in the state. Yeah. Yeah. And. Um, why we cannot get it together with U of L to arrange something there is beyond me, and they really need to work on that. Especially if we advance to a further round, and, yeah, and get the get to play an MLS team. Like it has to be at Lynn. Well, yeah, I mean, you'd prefer that it be at Lynn even over being at Slugger. Like, yeah, honestly, if you're if you're going to bring in a team like you know the Chicago Fire or one of the other reasonably local teams that we although I think we're actually located in the northeast bracket this year of the US Open Cup, which is why we're playing teams from New York. Mm-hmm. And so we may end up seeing, you know, New York Red Bulls or whoever in the first round in our first past the USL round. Yeah. And uh I'd rather play one of those teams in Lynn Stadium to show off than I would to play it in Slugger Field. It's a nicer field and you can put, you know, ten thousand people in there, no problem. Uh, there's nice sections for the Coopers and for Scouse's house yeah. on the hills and on the bleachers. Uh, I mean, I think it officially seats like four or five, but there's so many like open so grass areas. Much I don't know. Ground area. I mean, you could you could get a nice crowd in there. You there's it's a so great much place, standing room. Great there. place to watch games. I, I love going to watch U of L games there. Yeah. Um, I don't know if anybody you uh, yeah who, we who controls this kind of thing is listening. Please. Call you Val. Make it happen. Work yeah. it out. Call Vince Tyree. Yeah. And you would think yeah. that uh, being a part owner of the team, that Vince Tyree would have some interest. Maybe he's got to just avoid it entirely to avoid the appearance of a conflict of interests. But Perhaps. You know, but It'd be good for the university. I mean, yeah, that would drop, even if you just, even if you made the same agreement we've got with Slugger Field, like, hey, give all the concession is yeah. yours. They make they they make a lot now in our crowd. They'd make a big chunk of money for and I'm sorry, these are stadiums. They get used two days a week maximum. Yeah. It's not like the the college soccer season is not going on in May. No. I don't know what what else they have there, but yeah. A lot, of, a lot of a lot of custodial work, a lot of yard work. I'm sure there's a guy out there watering things, and he's upset when people are running around on it. But sure. come on. Think of the money you can bring into the university. Think of the exposure. And I think it's time to start having some connection between the university and the team. Yeah. Let's, it's just foolish pride if LCFC doesn't want to be associated with the university in any way. Uh, I heard Ken Lola called into Lance's show okay. a couple weeks ago. And, and the guy says, I mean, I don't, I don't know if he's just saying this, but he says all positive things about Louisville City. we got the connection with Vince Tyre being an AD and a part of the ownership group. Yeah. Um, I know Mark Lynn came and flipped the coin at our yeah, last LCFC it's home just, game. I mean, everything is lined up, but it just never seems to work out. And it's, it's, it's bizarre, but um, here is, here's to uh, getting that relationship. And going. you could make that into such an event where you can pack 5,000 extra fans of standing room only over there. They've got that entire yeah. field. You can bring the kids out. You'd be able to oh, set man. things up. I mean... I've had a blast. I've gone to three games out there at uh, Mark Lynn Stadium or Lynn Stadium or whatever they just call it. And uh, it's it's a quality fan experience. It's, frankly, I'll be happy if our stadium looked 
similar to that, just with the stands on both sides. Sure. Instead of having them on the one side the way this stadium does. And it's it's a quality stadium. It would be a good look for the team for that game to be on TV and uh, people seeing that as their image instead of the turf monster as their yeah. image. It won't be the slugger. I can assure you that. And, and but I mean no matter, but it also wouldn't be a good look for us to be playing it at Worley now either. No. As nice of a high school stadium or division 5 college stadium as that really is and it is perfectly good for that purpose. It's not a professional stadium and Lynn looks like the quality that they spent on it. I mean it looks that way. It feels sure. nice. All right. I'll tell you, I'm light on purple stuff tonight. I uh, I didn't want to I didn't want to over imbibe. Do you have any purple stuff you want to discuss, Andy? No, I mean that was a mediocre purple stuff. See, that's what I'm looking for. I try. I mean, I'm, that's constructive criticism. I'm trying and I to be real it. about it. I'm not going to lie to you about the quality of the segment. That actually makes me feel like you're being more honest about the quality of my segue and the quality of our game preview. I feel like that's more legitimate now that you I can't have believe questions. it was ever a question. I it, can't. it was questionable. It was questionable. Your integrity was questionable until just now when you said that it was only okay. Well, my integrity, sure, but like my opinion? <laughs> it's also for sale. If anybody who was interested in buying Andy's integrity, it's on eBay right now. Cheaper than you think it would be. All right. We're going to get into the interview now. We're going to talk to Andrew about a couple of questions that we've got about what it is like to be a Cooper. Mm-hmm. What it is like to uh, write something that people actually want to read, mm-hmm. and uh, what it's like to uh, need to know what kind of animal you're going to fight. Those are the questions that we really have for him. So, Andrew, uh, first things first, you're a Cooper. Sure. We are Scouts, well, among other things. Yeah, yeah, but that's one of them. I, I'm sure you know that husband is another fine thing on your resume. I'm sure that you probably have some sort of actual employment. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's debatable, but yeah, understood. I stay busy, uh, but. The the key to us tonight is that we wanted to have a Cooper on the show, and um, because we haven't yet, it's been very Scouse's house and or player yeah. and media centric, and we wanted to have somebody who writes about the team, so is obviously knowledgeable, but also somebody that catches the game from the other side of the field. Sure, tell us for those of us who are uninitiated, and Andy and I are. I've never watched a game from the Cooper side of the field. I have a lot of opinions about it, but they're unfounded. What's <laughs> what's the? I mean, they are. They are. What's the uh, what's the vibe like over there? We always talk about the wall of noise. Is that really what it feels like over there? Or do you guys feel like it's more individualized than that? You know, it's it may look like a wall of noise mm-hmm. from uh, any other part of the stadium, but when you're down uh, in in the pit there with with the mob, it is a cast of weird, outlandish, delightful <laughs> characters. Of all sorts, <laughs> all stripes, uh, maybe even some wearing masks. I've heard that about them. Um, yeah. it just it's it's a bunch of just lovable freaks in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. Um, it, there's a bunch. There's a cast of characters that's been there from the beginning. Um, you're probably familiar with, with with some of the more memorable ones, but then every, every year there's you know there's new somebody else decides new to dress things as a pirate. Pop, pop, yeah, mm-hmm. popping up, just new faces. Um, I mean, we never we never made a, like some sort of conscious decision like we're going to sit down there on the on the Preston Street and the third baseline. Sure. Just as we walk, we we bought tickets, general admission tickets the first se- season because they were the cheapest ones, and we're like, yeah, that might be fun. And that's just sort of where it, it just started happening. Um, the Coopers were sort of the only game in town when, when yeah. this thing kicked off Absolutely. as far as supporters groups. I mean, those guys 
were there from the absolute day one, since before day one. Hey, I mean, uh, they, they frankly caused day one to happen. Yeah, sort of. I mean, I was there uh, at sort of like a very formative day uh, at Molly Malone's, the day that uh, Phil Rollins from uh, Orlando City came up. This is in 2014. Right. And that was sort of the first time I met a bunch of those guys. But my first Cooper scarf, we didn't know what the team colors were at that point. It nice. was like blue and gold. They, just, uh-huh. they didn't know. They just made up a blue and gold <laughs> scarf. I remember um, those scarves. Frankly, yeah. I was a little, I, I almost, I, I very nearly joined. Yeah. Just because I was like Louisville, soccer. Sure. Group. Sure. I like it. I mean, I was watching games with all those outlaws anyway over there at Saints and at sure. Molly's and wherever they would go to catch the games back then. But uh, yeah, and it's man, it's a great group of guys. I mean, there's all there's all the people that that are out front and and, and you're active on social media. That, sure. That, that we all know and familiar with, but then like, everybody over there is really cool. I mean, you kind of gotta be mm. pretty laid back, chill, yeah. fun loving person. Yeah. To go sit in that. Not sorry, not sit. Stand, stand in that in that madhouse. But uh, it's fun. Like every game, I find myself laughing hysterically. It's something going on in the crowd. Like you never know what it's gonna be. Um, sometimes it's actually kind of hard to keep your eyes on the game because of all the you know reckless debauchery and sure. shenanigans going on mm-hmm. all the time. But the capo is doing an amazing job keeping the energy up. Uh, that cannot be an easy job, especially if we're losing. Um, so props to all of them. Yeah. Um, the current administration is great, 100%. I, I personally always really uh, admired and got along with Ken Luther, who's, yeah. uh, who does an amazing job. He and his wife are both incredible. Yeah. And uh, I, I had more interactions with them at uh, some the St. Louis away game and some other, sure. uh, and some other events. At a lot of the stadium meetings, uh, I spent time around them and uh, also at the Cincinnati away game. Sure, sure. Uh, they've been great people to us, but the current administration is also, they do such a nice job for the for the squad, for yeah. the team, for everybody. Yeah, and just speaking, well, I mean, just speaking for myself here, but I can assure you most people feel the same way. It's really great to have, to look across the field and see you guys right there. Well, like, we try. No, I mean, honestly, it is like... The flags, the, the the Liverpool, the justice for the '96 stuff—it all just adds that was to the really nice. to the ambiance of of just making it feel like there's like a real soccer culture. Well, and that was that really, you're all in. Yeah. And like, um, I've had a couple people ask me about that. You know, what is you know YNWA? Right. You know, and it's cool. Like, you know, like Scouse so, and you guys are like introducing some like. Real like you know old school European like soccer culture into into the scene and a lot of people are learning a lot about about yeah. it through that you know seeing That's all the a great flags, feeling. the international vibe that you guys bring it's 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 awesome and um, yeah man the Coopers have nothing but love for Scouse's house I can, and, I can say that unequivocally and likewise I know that uh, yeah, at, the, at the group meeting that uh, that all the uh, leadership from each of the different uh, supporters groups went to uh, that Scouse and uh, our entire leadership group were just blown away by the uh, welcomingness of mm-hmm. uh, Tom and the rest of the Coopers and uh, the and frankly all the other non-official supporters groups. It's not it's it's one of those funny things where on the website it lists Scouse's house and Coopers and that's it. And then I always feel like that's you know a disservice to the fact that the heretics are what they are and sure. the ultras are what they are that the sure. outlaws are what they are. I mean, that purple family, I mean, shoot, you can go on and on, but the fact that they all exist is phenomenal, and everybody's got their own identities. 
But the the supporters groups as a whole, that was Scouse's whole concept when he, I mean, he pulled Andy and I and our, a whole bunch of our friends together and said, hey, we're forming an actual group over here and we're going to make this thing legit. And he said, because this team deserves support in both goals. Absolutely. And uh, the Coopers do an incredible job of drumming up support behind that goal, but we need them to have just as much of an yeah. advantage on this side. Oh, yeah. And that's what he said. And, you know, we all, we didn't care about forming a supporters group. We just wanted to go to all the games. And, sure. But, I mean, you know, his passion for it really uh, yeah. turned the tide for sure. us. All right. Now, uh, now that we now that we're done massaging each other's uh, supporters group egos, we will uh, we'll ask one question about your uh, your journalism uh, aspects to your supporterness. Now, you've written some really great articles for uh, the Coopers, and we know that you're going to be writing some more. But uh, a, are you working on anything now? That or do you have anything specific in mind that you're hoping to work on? Or and b. How do you make that decision? What what you want to write about when it comes to the team? You're not really a game by game guy. You're more of a features guy. Sure. Um, yeah, I, I would get bored real quick writing, writing game recaps and, and things. Uh, sure. Taylor Sorrells does a great job doing he that. He does. Mm-hmm. He's 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 stepped it up. He's doing one almost every day this year, and uh, so props to him for that. That's not really not what I would you know uh, excel at. More, I just I get ideas in my head and they percolate sometimes for months. Okay. I don't. I don't have a huge list of ideas. It's just usually one at a time pops in. I kind of think on it for a little while, and then I barf out a bunch of words. That is an outstanding word for writing. Yeah, they're they're, they're long. Um, they they go through several revisions because you know you put some on the internet. It is forever. You right. Know, you know, and I did get a pretty good response for a couple of the. I think the one that really I was most proud of was the, uh, the Don Garber. Uh, oh yeah, b- uh, Bachelor, Bachelorette, whatever. No, he did great uh, analogy. I, I strung out that analogy. That was great. <laughs> and uh, man, that that one got a lot of a lot of a lot of chit chat. That's really all I'm trying to do, man. It's just drum up chatter. Right. Develop and, the conversation. Yeah, sure. yeah, man. Like let's 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 talk about this. You know, I was looking at that one and I was like. This whole uh, MLS expansion thing is is ridiculous. It is, and and the way it was playing out, and the way everybody was fawning over Garber and Cincinnati's welcoming, uh, you know, on you know, in his private jet, and right, like descending down into the masses, and they're licking his feet. I mean, it was for the was, right to spend one hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, yeah, I mean, I just started seeing these things. I was like, I've got to write something about this, and and I write completely from a perspective of a fan. Like you call yeah. me a journalist, or that's not. I'm a, I'm a I'm a fan. Who writes stories? I suppose. Well, if you don't want to be compared to us, if you don't want to be called a journalist, that's completely fair. But what you're Don't writing, but what you're writing goes beyond the level of general fan fic. Sure. I mean, because yeah. uh, I, I I write for Scouse's House, and what I'm writing is purely. This is what's happening. I'm very excited about it. But you're actually telling a story of interesting things that are occurring within the league, within the team, and uh, providing people with useful information instead of just times and dates. Sure. And so uh, uh, we, we really hope that you keep up the great work. You're, of course, welcome to publish with Scouse's House anytime Taylor tells you to go away. But uh, uh, no, you're, we, we hope that you write a lot more for us and, uh, or for just the team in general mm-hmm. as soon as possible. And now I'm going to, as always, hand over to my partner in crime, who has one important question. But before he does... Oh, come on. I'm going to run this string out as long as I can. I'm hopeful that we're just going to run out of ink. No, we're not. All right. Um, 
<laughs> we're going to put a poll up on Twitter this week. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at The Yeard, and you're going to be able to find a poll about whether or not, A, Andy should continue asking this question. Don't ruin the question. I'm not going to ask it now. A, whether or not Andy should continue asking this question, and B, what your answer to this question is. If everyone as a unit answers together one way on the question, I'm abolishing the question. And if everybody as a unit says that Andy's dumb, we're abolishing the question. Sure, right, because I'll just come up with a different one. It's fine. But here we go. It's everybody's least... I'm sorry, everybody's favorite question. It's not week. true. We know for a fact... I've gotten annoyingly positive responses yeah. about this question. This is why he it. wants to get rid of it. It's because it, it's, it does so it's well. It's the so highlight of the show. Here's the hard question. All right, here we go. All right, here's the 60 minutes of questions, if you, if you will. Okay. Go. <laughs> no, really, go. In a fight, if you had to fight <clears throat> an anaconda, the largest snake in the world, a full-grown anaconda, okay, uh-huh. or a silverback gorilla, a full-grown male silverback gorilla, your only weapon, this is an arena style, okay? okay, so everybody's out of their element. It's an even, it's a level playing field, right? Your only weapon is your Louisville City Scarf. Okay, and you can pick whichever scarf. If you're like your founding member scarf, <laughs> the champion scarf. scarf, your Cooper scarf, like you can pick your favorite scarf. Like if it's if it's like tougher than other scarves, you want like a winter one. weather scarf, I think. But uh, who are you going? Who are you fighting? It's your only weapon: anaconda, silverback gorilla. Who are you fighting, and why? I, first off, I don't think I could necessarily beat either of those. That's a uh, given. Two pictures. It's, it's uh, I'd probably pick anaconda because I feel like the. The death I would suffer uh, by an anaconda might perhaps be less brutal and painful. No. Yeah, you probably wouldn't no, have your it, arms pulled off by an anaconda. Right, like gorillas can rip off limbs. Yeah, yeah but I feel like that's anaconda, why it's, it's, a, it's a slow uh, strangulation, you know. You, but but here's you the thing. You just want to get I mean, to slowly fall asleep. Yeah. No, you don't. You have your, your ribs crushed around your lungs. <laughs> okay. And oh. you suffocate. Yeah. You start bleeding this is from what your eyes to do and your nests. Here's the thing. Yeah, the gorilla's going to rip you apart, but it's going to be fairly quick. Okay? Not and, necessarily. And you might get lucky. He <laughs> might just snap your neck on the first go. I, oh, wow. I go gorilla. And okay. here's why. Okay. Here's what you do. Okay? You go, you, you wait for the gorilla to charge you because he's going to, uh-huh. right? Yeah. You dodge him. Yeah, right? I think the dodge Scarf, is where you're yeah. overestimating Scarf your abilities. around the neck and you just... I think the dodge is where you're overestimating your abilities. Yeah. But and they're also slower than anacondas, though. Like, no, anacondas strike quick. Yeah. Really fast. I think uh, you're... But they're, you're, they're fast, but they're slower than anacondas. All right. I'm giving you your chance again. I'm going to call Once somebody again, from the Louisville Zoo, and I want to get facts. Like, I want to get stats. We, well, who do you think would win, an anaconda or a gorilla? Ooh. Ooh. Counter question. Now we're talking. See, this is why we brought a journalist on the show, and we're calling you that officially <laughs> now. Right, I'm, see, I think anaconda wins. See, I think an anaconda would probably beat a gorilla. I think anaconda wins. You know what? Too. I actually agree with that. I think anaconda wins that fight. But I think that uh, gorilla would be worse to fight for a human. I think yep. I could take that. Gorilla. I think that's it. Have we reached a consensus? We have. Oh, we we have, except that Andy that still would rather fight a gorilla. And by the end of this year, I'm finding a gorilla for you to fight. I happen. I'll look in my back. Paco, what did Paco say? I couldn't fight a baby. He gorilla. said you couldn't fight a baby gorilla. I, I could. I could fight a baby gorilla. You like? You'd just, still you still lose. Sure, like you just kick him, right? You just kick him in the face. 
All right, so that poll question will go up this week. I'll post it on Thursday after the podcast is gone live. And hopefully, I'm, we're, we force Andy to come up with a non-animal battle-related bizarre question you know to finish we, each no, of the shows. It'll always be a battle. But something. that's our uh, interview with Andrew, and now we're going to go on to a final quick round of banter. And uh, what we want to banter about today is depth. We've touched on this a little bit earlier. And uh, that question is particularly interesting to me because of the injury possibilities to each of our players. And it's also interesting to me because of the counter position, Mm -hmm. which is that Kyle Smith has played all over the field already this year. You've seen Kyle play as a fullback. You've seen him play as a holding midfielder for Speedy. You've seen him play in his normal wingback position running up and down the flanks. And I'm curious how much more positional flexibility we have. I'm curious who else can play multiple spots on the field and what the worst-case scenario is when we when we talk about injuries, when we talk about suspensions. What position are you most scared of in terms of our depth? Paco or Tosh going down yeah. would be yeah. would be absolute worst-case scenario. Yeah. Those guys are, are those guys are, are center backs and I don't really know how how you replace them. I mean, we we could find somebody to fill in. Yeah. Um, but if either of those guys go go down, it's it's trouble. Um, well, at that point, you're really hoping that Alexi Swahi lives up to what uh, a lot of the chatter about him has been. Sure. That sure. Uh, and that you could take you could fill one of those slots. Yeah. But I don't want to see anybody other than those two guys playing the center fullback position. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, it, it, at that point, you might have to like get a new formation in the back to adjust to yeah. that. And we, we may have know, to go back to four men in the back. Exactly, to, to, to kind of account for that. But other than that, um, man, as long as we have three field players on the bench yeah. at any given game, yeah. like, I got faith in O'Connor. He, <laughs> That's he, the key. I, I, did, I did write an article about that. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, I think James O'Connor could sign up a, a, a fat guy from like a pub team. Mm-hmm. And, and I'd be like, all right, there like it is. A, I mean, like I am like a fat guy from a pub team. That's completely <laughs> fair. Yeah, so I could give him a quality four minutes. I, yeah, I mean, as long as we can keep three field players healthy on the bench for every yeah. game, which it was about down to that. It basically yeah. was. The other day, I mean, who, 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 it was, the three, it was the three who came on. Swahi didn't play. Swahi didn't play, mm-hmm. and then our backup keepers didn't play. I think right. that was it. So we had four field player substitutes. Yeah. So, um, but it all worked out. The it three guys he brought in off our, our four man bench were like the difference makers in the second half. Yeah. So yeah, I don't remember. I, I can't mean, think of anybody. Who I know play. it's it's risky, and uh, especially if uh, Speedy gets called, Speedy or Sean get called up to Jamaica. Or the terrifying thing is where both of them get called you up know, to Jamaica's team. I'm not worried game. about Greg getting called up to Trinidad. I hope he does because i got faith in Nobro. I do, too. Backup keeper. But and everybody's saying that Hubbard is really impressive, Yeah, too. I mean, who knows? I mean, maybe yeah. maybe maybe Hubbard's our backup. But whatever. I'm not worried about that. But um, Dobro was so good. Hard to imagine yeah. Hubbard leaping him. Sure. So um, I'm worried and I'm not. Yeah, if that makes any sense, like I got so much faith in O'Connor when he knows what he's doing. That that you know, um, I don't know. But somebody was saying we ought to sign the guy that Cincinnati just released today. 
Did they release a player? I didn't know. This is this guy Josu. I don't think he played very much. Oh, he played after. a lot last year yeah, as a uh, as a fullback. Yeah, it sounds yeah. like it was a, some sort of acrimonious thing. It's like wow. can't imagine them oh. treating one of their players bad like that. No, Weird. them. Yeah, and they're such good evaluators of talent too. Ooh. It's hard to. I mean, because he, they they correctly noticed that. Uh, Luke Spencer and Pat McMahon sucked, and that uh, <laughs> and, uh, and that's that, why I mean, like, and that Kadeem Dakers and Aiden Quinn would be yes. really good additions. Mm-hmm. So I yeah. trust their evaluators. Yeah. That that coach, he can coach, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> but I, 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 frankly, I liked the way Josu looked. I mean, he's been an he was an all right contributor for them last year. I think he started well, the majority of the games next to uh, their uh, Mountain Man Delbridge. Yeah, well, he's unemployed, so well then so I would call him up. Do you want me to call? Yeah, Andy, get him. Get him on the ring. Hey, bro. (laughs) Do you want to buy any booze? I have a question. No? You want to come play soccer? I have a question about fighting animals for you. (laughs) Also, do you think that you would be willing to sit on our bench for the rest of this year, just in case? Just in case. No, uh, I'm thrilled about the... the, What we talked about last week was the quality of the depth over the... uh, over the quantity. Yeah. We may not have a ton of guys for every position, but each of the guys, you legitimately feel like, yeah, good, when they come on. Yeah. I'm never, I, I have never once seen a sub come on and been like, oh, not that guy. Not now. Yeah. What are you, I mean, it's. Well, and I think that's why O'Connor likes to keep a small roster, because he always talks about uh, team cohesion and stuff like sure. that. Sure. super duper important to him. And when you have a 26 man roster or something, there's going to be guys that just aren't going to get a lot of playing time. Yeah, you, get, you get people bickering, people, you know, like, why, why are not playing and stuff. Like, every guy that's on that bench dressed and knows they, there's a pretty good shot he might get in that game. And that they might score, since yeah. everybody on our team scores. Right. So, there is something to be said for having a small, tight, cohesive uh, roster like we have. You just worry about... It's just those injuries, man. Yeah. Like on some wood. That's the, that's, the, that's the horror, is that during the international break, you have... Both Speedy and Sean get called up, and you've got one injury and one suspension during sure. that time frame. That's the that's the nightmare scenario. Yeah. Everything else, I really feel like we can weather it with what we've got. And no, I think we can win with almost any combination of eleven field players. Yeah, I, I really do. Like I uh, maybe maybe we're uh, overstating it, but <sighs> prove us wrong. I want to exactly exactly <laughs> prove it. <laughs> I want I want to see I want to see these guys go on a real long run, and I think that this is the week where it starts. Like this is the week where we start on a real offensive run. Start gelling now, yeah, and then go on a nice tight. Uh, well, you like, know we have won ten games in a row going back to last season. Besides that. Besides you that little you run, see a goal scoring run. I'm talking about goals. I, I want to see, you know, 10 goals in three games is yeah. the kind of thing I want to see. Something that scares people. Because winning is just so boring now. Yeah. Winning by one goal? Come yeah. on. It's just like, <laughs> yawn. No, we are entirely thrilled that we've been winning games. We're also entirely thrilled that Andrew Oost joined us tonight. Andrew, yeah, thank dude. you very much. Thanks, guys. You're a pleasure. It's been a lot of fun. We got some purple stuff. We got some banter. I saw Diane and Sam declaring their undying love. And we have reached the end of our show where we can only say one thing, and that is Go City! Go City.